host, Matt Wyatt, with all the good stuff you need to know. Well, look at there. Back with you. What's up on this Wednesday? I almost called it hump day, and uh, I, I will admit that Beaver's words ring in my head every time I even think about calling it hump day. He doesn't like it, so it's it's just Wednesday around here. Whether you're in Mississippi or whether you are in Manhattan, in NYC, the Big Apple, just a few blocks away from Times Square. And yes, for those that are wondering, we are just a few blocks away from where that construction crane caught on fire and then uh, tumbled off the 10th or 11th floor of that building or whatever the heck it was this morning. We're just a few blocks away from that. But everybody is here, us anyway, we are fine. Glad to be with you for another hour of radio kind of on location this week in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. And, yeah, I've packed up the studio in a suitcase, brought it on the road in NYC this week. So I'll be with you for another hour today, and then we'll – uh, we'll, we'll continue that all the way through the end of the week. I'm Matt Beaver is here, and that means we got a show. But thank goodness you're here, however you're listening, wherever you're listening. Really do appreciate you being a part of the show, and I'll tell you how you can do that. It's uh, a text or a phone call. That's what we got for you. You can text the show or you can call the show. I'll give you those numbers coming up. It's kind of as simple as pulling up a chair and having a seat here at the table and plopping down with us and Get a hot cup of coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com right there and order it. If, you, if you're a coffee person, you're going to thank me later. Uh, yeah, so be a part of the show. I have some big news. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not breaking news, I wouldn't say, but I do have what I would consider <clears throat> excuse me, big news with the homecoming queen. She's sitting right over here in a minute, so I'm going to talk to her shortly. So stay tuned for that. All right, so if you want to be a part of the show today, take me wherever you want to go. It's fine with me. Uh, there is some sports news that popped up uh, overnight and into today, and we'll get into some of that with you. So text me on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. It is the best, hands down, in my opinion. Walk in there and say Country Pleasing, please. The number to text it's a 601 number, 885-3776. Got it? 885-3776. That'll get you in. Another way to remember it is 885-ESPN. Now, you could call me and do me one better. I get to hear your voice, and others get to hear your voice, too. we got the phone lines open. You can patch it on through. So call me on the Divinity phone, that number, 601 number, 995-1059, 601 995 Five, nine. You may or may not, I don't know, depending on whether you're positive or negative, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic, you may or may not be getting closer and closer to some national name, image, and likeness reform, if you can call it reform. Or I, I don't know how you reform something that never had any form to begin with. Um, but you maybe a, a structuring of the NIL uh, world. If you're interested in that, stay tuned. I'll give you some details just because there is news on that front. Over the last couple of days, really, I guess two days and two different bills have been um, introduced uh, on Capitol Hill in Washington. And one of those does involve former Auburn head coach Tommy Tuberville. 
now the U.S. Senator from the state of Alabama. So uh, I'll give you those details coming up as well. Let me check in with Beaver. Beaver, how are you doing today on a Wednesday? I'm good, Matt White. Can you, can you hear Excellent. me over there today? Yeah, I got you loud and clear. Um, I will tell you, um, you know, if I were in the normal studio, the normal Farm Bureau Insurance studio, I would get the uh, applause track ready, but I'm not there. But today is, uh, I think the number I looked up earlier was... Four thousand and something. I'd have to. Look, I'd have to do the math. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, make a long story short. Fifteen years of marriage for myself and the homecoming queen today. How about that? Oh, nice. That's excellent. Yeah. It is excellent. Fifteen years is a long time to do anything, much less have a happy marriage. <laughs> and we have managed to make it as of today. Uh, Fifteen years, a fifteenth anniversary today, and so we're kind of. Uh, you know, mixing in a celebration of that as we're here with our daughter. She's here in New York for Broadway camp and going through that, which is actually what day three of camp for her. And so uh, we're here and, and spending time together and doing something. We do have a little celebratory dinner planned tonight. But speaking of Homecoming Queen HQ, better known to you as Anna Beth, sitting to my right on our little uh, bench that we have decided is ours here in a little waiting area. In the studio in downtown uh, New York. Happy anniversary, Annabelle. Happy anniversary, Matt. <laughs> happy 15. Yeah, happy 15. I, I'm using my iPhone from C Spire to connect for this radio show. And I don't want to disrupt the connection by looking at my calculator again. But I, I couldn't remember if it was over 4,000 or 5,000. It was 5,000 and change, or whatever it was. But but I did the you know, the number. It's 365 days times 15. Has it seemed like a long 15 years or a short one? I would definitely say it seems short. Don't you think the time has flown? No, it really does feel like it's flown by. Okay, um, without going into great detail, you want to tell people where we're having dinner tonight? Oh, okay, yes. Um, we are having dinner at Tavern on the Green, and it's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty famous restaurant here we went last time that we were here and i loved it so i told you i wanted to go there again tonight if you didn't mind that we repeated a restaurant and beaver i think that you understand this he could care less so or is it couldn't care less couldn't care less and so that's where we're going tonight and i'm excited because it was my favorite place we ate last time well happy anniversary happy anniversary matt more from me after the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the homecoming queen. Uh, we'll check back in with her a little bit uh, later on. Yeah, hey, uh, B, while I have you. So, pop quiz. You, you, can you name a movie or scene from a movie that involves that restaurant, which is located basically on the edge of Central Park in New York called Tavern on the Green? Got any idea? Hmm. I'm, no. When I tell you... When I tell you, you're going to go like, oh, yeah. Well, when she said Tavern on the Green, I realized I've heard that name. And the only reason I would uh-huh. have heard that name is likely from a show or a movie. But, no, I can't think of where I heard that. Yeah. Okay, so the first one that I think of is remember the scene in the original Ghostbusters where the ghost like dog like figure was chasing Rick Moranis mm-hmm. his character 
and Rick Moranis' character ran up to the window at a restaurant and was banging on the window, let me in, let me in, and nobody really paid him any attention. Meanwhile, this big ghost demon dog or whatever was outside chasing him and attacked him. You yeah. remember that scene? Yeah. Okay, so that was Tavern of the Green. That was Tavern of the Great. Oh. He was banging on the windows at Tavern of the Great. And the other one is from that movie with Jim Carrey, uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Um, and it was actually the, the location and I guess the restaurant in the movie uh, that, uh, you know, he eventually bought or something like that. And, of course, you had the scene with the penguins running around in the restaurant. So that's another. There's been some others that are on the list that I'm not too terribly aware of but anyway yeah so looking forward to that and and i'll be honest with you too okay i i me personally i don't really get super duper uh pumped up about you know tourist attraction things like whether it's you know Times square here with the bright lights it's neat and everything we walk through but it's not a place that i like myself just want to hang out um but there's something about that Central Park, okay? The size of it. We've got lakes. We got people are fishing at the lakes in Central Park, right now, smack middle of New York. Uh, they have a boathouse during certain seasons, you know, and these bridges and these places. And and so several of those are are part of the movie Home Alone too. Um, and there's we saw one of the bridges the other day, and tonight. It's close to Tavern on the Ground. We get to go see another part of Central Park that was in that movie, Home Alone. But that Central Park deal really fascinates me. So, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to that. All right, let me hit you up on the uh, country please and text line. Like I said, um, it's kind of a free for all this week. Uh, connecting to you remotely from a, a uh, uh, place called um, Ripley Greer Studios, which is a place here. Uh, in Manhattan, it's studio space where people rehearse for different things, whether it be singing, dancing, all kinds of stuff, musical, acting, whatever. It's really neat. Our daughter's taking part in a camp here this week, and so I'm just kind of parking it. So really, any direction you want to go, we can. I have some things I want to talk to you about uh, today on the show. PT for MSU, country pleasing text line. Thanks for shooting us a text. He says, uh, have you been to or plan to go to Peter Luger's? And no, I don't... I, I'm not familiar with it. He said a friend of his just got back from New York City last month and said it was excellent. I don't know what that is. No idea. Um, <clears throat> MSU1980 text the show, says, Happy anniversary, Matt and Annabeth. Hope you all have many more. Well, I certainly do, too. I certainly do, too. Really proud of that. Fifteen years. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, okay, so you just said 18. Why are you saying 18? We dated for three years, and I'm, I'm counting that. It's 18, don't you think? Pretty close to 18 years, right? I didn't think the three years of dating counted, but apparently, <laughs> but apparently it does count. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Jason in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona, he remembers the scene certainly because he quotes it here on the text line. Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> okay, who brought the dog? Yeah. All right. So it's uh, and back to PT for MSU. Appreciate the text. And apparently, it's a steakhouse that uh, uh, that's on Broadway that someone really. Um, Recommended Peter Luger. So we had not been there. Did not know about it. But Annabeth kind of looked it up. So maybe we'll take a take a peek. J Rock wishing his happy anniversary. Hog Jowl. Go Hogs. Hog Jowl says, "I will always remember your anniversary. Today is my seventy second birthday. Congratulations, y'all. Yeah, that's right, Hog Jowl. I'd forgotten. Um, <clears throat> sharing the date there. Your birthday, our anniversary. 
Man, that's outstanding. Uh, Nick Texas show and says, y'all going to Yankee Stadium or no? Well, the answer to that would be no. Maybe go someday. I did, you know, look it up. Am aware of where it is, kind of in the vicinity. And it's, you know, if you were to look at a map uh, of New York and, you know, Manhattan there uh, on one side of the, you know, I guess what, west of the East River. <laughs> but you look at that whole strip, what is Manhattan, in the middle of it, you've got Central Park, sort of a rectangular deal that's running north and south for the most part. And where we are, where all this is, is south of Central Park. And, of course, Yankee Stadium is up there north of it. And we hadn't been up that way and hadn't ventured up that way. We've had other stuff to do. Like I said, you know, it really is sort of mixing in a little work uh, in, in and amongst uh, a, a trip that's not necessarily about work. And it's also not necessarily a, about visiting and and touring and fun, we're just mixing some of all of that to, uh, together. All right, so appreciate your text. Happy birthday, Hog Jowl. If y'all are out there and you see Hog Jowl today, don't say anything. Don't even bring it up. Just immediately begin to sing happy birthday. Okay, so if you're listening, that's the way I want you to approach it. Just sing to happy birthday to Hog Jowl on site. No questions asked. Nick. Text the show, country please and text line says at least visit the soup Nazi. Yeah, one of those famous uh, Seinfeld spots. You know, you see a lot of that. I, all we, you know, we we haven't done a whole lot of going to directly to a specific tourist attraction or somewhere in a movie that you know was seen in a movie or a TV show. Um, but we've seen maybe at a distance a lot of it because on a particular cab ride, you know, you might look out and go, well, there's the Ed Sullivan Theater. And look, there's Radio City Music Hall and some of that stuff. And like I said, our, our hotel is actually directly across the street from Carnegie Hall. And um, just so you know, on the northeast corner of uh, Carnegie Hall, just off the northeast corner of it up there, there is a Walgreens drugstore that says that the pharmacy is open 24 hours when, in fact, they close at 8 p.m. That'd be 8 p.m. Eastern. Found that out the hard way. Got, had to go to the pharmacy and pick something up. Walked in there. It said closed at 8, and it was 8.23, so it just missed it. FYI, just in, just in case you ever need to know <laughs> something like that. Um, and, yeah, for those curious, it, in fact, I had a tweet or two um, – earlier this morning, and I, I don't know when I'm supposed to stop calling it tweeting and Twitter and start calling it X and Xing or what, I, you know, I just, I don't know yet. So until I find out or somebody else figures it out, it'll just be a tweet or somebody tweeted me, but somebody tweeted me and was asking if we had seen what happened in New York this morning that made the news with the construction crane that caught on fire and fell off the top of a high-rise building. And uh, was not aware that that was what was going on, but we were just a few blocks away. And early this morning when I was out to get some breakfast and some coffee, uh, sirens everywhere and fire trucks everywhere and traffic backed up. And there seemed to be a lot of commotion. And Annabeth texted me and said, I hear all kinds of stuff from up here in the hotel room. Is everything okay? You know, And that's because we were a few blocks away, but uh, we were not in, in the direct vicinity. Um, we also saw... Uh, and Annabeth reminds me, we also saw at uh, Times Square some of the protesting and picketing that's going on there from uh, from uh, the Screen Actors Guild folks, the actors and writers who are 
you know, on strike. We didn't see any celebrities, although we heard yesterday there were a few. What Kevin Bacon and Brendan Fraser, uh, Brandon Fraser were, isn't that his name? Uh, were Encino Man. <laughs> well, they were out there protesting. We didn't see them, but we saw some of the picketing and stuff this morning. So that, that's where we've been. That's what we've kind of had going on. Now we'll jump into a little sports here with Tim on the Country Please and text line. Tim says, Matt, do you think Mike Wright will get to play very much? It seems like a really nice young man, very happy to be at Mississippi State. I agree with that. You know, you never know how things are behind the scenes unless you're there. Okay, so we can't comment on that. And you certainly can't predict the future and who's going to play how many snaps and all that kind of stuff. And injuries play a part and all those things. But I'm like you. Everything that I've seen from Mike Wright, the the quarterback transfer from Vanderbilt University, is, man, great attitude. Always positive, highly, highly confident. He seemed to be a little bit of a kind of a, a shot in the arm from a juice and energy standpoint out there at spring practice. And, you know, he struggled a little bit throwing a football in the spring, but there was no doubt the kind of athlete that he is. He's, he's extremely fast and very much a weapon, especially a guy who started a bunch of games at the position in the SEC. You now have experience at that position beyond just Will Rogers, right? So you're asking me, do I think he's going to get to play very much? Here's the thing. I mean, Will Rogers is your starting quarterback. He is your every-down quarterback. He is one of the leaders of your team. Uh, that's just the way it is. The only thing that's going to get him out of that role it would be some sort of injury. And, well, what if he doesn't get injured? Is Mike Wright going to play? I still think he is. I, I don't know. This is not me bringing some sort of info here that comes out of a coaching conversation or coaching meeting. I just look at the situation, watch a little bit of spring, and can tell that they have the option to use him as a change-of-pace quarterback to, to make it hard on the defense, and particularly make it hard on defenses to prepare for certain situations. Um, I'll give you an example. If you This is going way back, so I guess you'd have to be old enough to remember this. But if you went back to the mid-'90s, uh, earlier, you know, I guess maybe, what, 93, 94, 95, around in there, uh, you'll remember that a guy at Auburn named Pat Nix, Bo Nix's dad, Pat Nix was the quarterback then. And Auburn began doing something while Pat Nix was a QB that nobody else was doing, and that is certain – short yardage situations and goal line situations and two-point conversion situations, they would take their starting quarterback, Pat Nix, out of the game and put in Damian Craig, who was just a great athlete, very fast, a dual threat. They could do some stuff with him that, that frankly, Pat Nix just could not do. And they used it a lot successfully. But the other thing they did is they made everybody they play have to spend a ton of time working on and preparing for how to defend that stuff in case you got it. So what I'm saying is it gives you a true change of pace option at quarterback and somebody who you totally trust to take the snaps in a ball game, who can handle the atmospheres, who's played in front of the crowds. It's not going to bother him. And you got a guy who's lightning fast. And, you know, again, I'll give you an example. Let's just say in that first game against Southeast Louisiana, you – are winning the ball game, you know, and Will is leading your offense. And let's say you're up a couple of touchdowns. Let's just say that's the case. I'm not saying it is, but let's say that is the case. Well, you get into a situation where it's short yardage, fourth and one, or maybe it's a goal line situation, or you're running a two-point play. Well, you, you put something in there for Mike Wright to run 
that zone read stuff where a quarterback can decide to pull the ball and run himself and show off his speed and put all that stuff on film in the first game. And then the very next week, Arizona, during the week of practice, every time that defensively they're working against Mississippi State in, in game planning for that week, they're going to have to also spend time on a mobile quarterback who can absolutely run that stuff. It's like working against – you're having to prepare for almost two different offenses given the situation just because you have that player. So, I, again, Tim, I'm not telling you that he is going to play and that he's going to play a lot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you are going into fall camp absolutely with the option okay, to get him ready to play in that role. And it's a little bit twofold for him, and I think that's why you, know, that's why you pay those offensive coordinators a lot of money is because they have to be the ones to figure out the practice routine and how to split up the reps to to really utilize a guy like Mike Wright maybe in your plan A game plan. At the same time, he has to also be ready to run your offense because if Will Rogers does have an injury, rolls an ankle, breaks a finger, he's out, and now Mike Wright's your starting quarterback. Okay, so there's also a twofold nature with your with your offensive coordinator. And that's not easy. But, again, that's what you pay him to do. So, yeah, I think you're going to have some options. I think you're going to have some options with him. Thanks for the text, Tim. We can talk about some of that more. You got a question, comment, opinion, otherwise hit me up on the country-pleasing text line. All right, some of that NIL stuff. I'll tell you what's out there, what popped up last night, what you need to know. I'm Matt in the Bureau on this Wednesday. Stick around. This Wednesday, I'm Matt. Thanks for your text. You can get them on in here on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-3776-601 number, 885-3776. A better way to remember it would be 885-ESPN. We're having a big time in here. I told you I was parked not too far from the vending machine, and I think it's snack time right now. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in live from NYC. Hey, and a reminder that next Monday, the 31st, so this coming Monday, July 31st, I'll be back in the great state of Mississippi doing the radio show for two hours at Divinity Equipment Highway 51 in Madison there at Gluckstadt with Jonathan McMillan and the folks out there at Divinity. So from 12 to 2 next Monday, the 31st, y'all come on out. Uh, we'll talk outdoor stuff. I think they're coming off the Outdoor Expo this weekend, and so we'll have some some of the wildlife guys pop through and talk a little food plot info and football and have a good time. And I yeah, hope you all will come out and see us if you can. So we'll be out there next Monday. See you then. But, Matt Wyatt. Hey, hey, hit me up. What's up, B? Okay. Well, we're running into a massive problem here, and I think you might want to cancel that for next Monday because I think you might want to stay in New York until August 5th. <laughs> Why? Well, because I was just looking at this article. Apparently, August 5th is National Mustard Day. And to <laughs> celebrate National Mustard Day, 
they are releasing very limited edition. Only in three cities, though. Yeah. Mustard-flavored Skittles. <laughs> Come on, man. And No way. Yeah, only in three cities. I think it said Atlanta, I think Washington, but one of the three was New York. Okay. Of course it is. One of the three is New York. Limited. Okay, Beaver has sent me a picture here of what he's talking about. That for National Mustard Day, French's, you're going to have French's mustard-flavored Skittles? What? I mean, surely not. There's no way you can have a candy that is mustard-flavored. Beaver, surely it's just going to be yellow Skittles. Oh. Really? I mean, seriously. Oh, no, Matt Wyatt. You, <laughs> it's going to be full-on disgusting-flavored Skittles. Because, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know if you know about this. That's a whole craze. We like to put disgusting flavors in things that they don't go with. Ranch, <laughs> ranch-flavored right. ice cream, green yeah. tea-flavored ice cream. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, we keep we keep seeing this, but yeah, mustard-flavored <laughs> Skittles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, you know, that's one of those things that. I'll try just about anything, Beaver. I don't know if I would try that, you know, just on site. Great little novelty there. And, I, you know, I didn't know it was such a big deal. Uh, that is National Mustard Day. When is it again? Did you say August 5th? August 5th. Okay. So right about the time that um, college football practice be uh, getting underway around the country. <laughs> All right. Put that on the calendar, folks. Go to Atlanta or New York on August 5th and try out, buy and try out some mustard-flavored Skittles for National Mustard. <laughs> there you have it. Would you try it? Text me and let me know on the Country Please and text line. Would you even try it is what I want to know. Number to text, 885-3776. That's a 601 number, 885-3776. A better way to remember, 885-ESPN. Feel free to text the show here's a i don't know if you were aware but a, a nugget that i saw came across a ticker that um, former jackson state coach colorado head coach Dion sanders coach prime underwent successful surgery to remove a blood clot in his right leg now it seems like we've got a new story like this regarding Dion sanders about every month um at least once a month but, you know, and, and bless his heart, I don't care who you are, you feel for him going through just the amount of health issues that, that he's gone through with that one foot and that one leg and those one set of toes just uh, for a long time now. It's really giving him fits. But So he had surgery to remove a blood clot in his right leg. The quote from Colorado defensive coordinator Charles Kelly at ESPN's, uh, I'm sorry, at uh, Pac-12 Media Day, which they sent Charles Keller to Media Day from Colorado. Coach Prime couldn't go. He said, everything's good. I texted him before he had the procedure done, and after it was done, he said everything went good. I mean, and and look, I, think about the media that covers the Pac-12, which Colorado is a part of, but for not for, not for long. Uh, Colorado is going to get back over into the Big 12. I think that's a matter of fact soon. And, and they know it. So if you're media out there covering – Pac-12 Media Day is going to be your first one of those where Deion Sanders is going to show up, who he's just instant entertainment, 
and then he's not able to because of a persistent health issue. But uh, the procedure also included doctors straightening out two of his toes to prevent future pain. So that was a part of it also. So maybe that's going to get him, and I know there's a pun here, but get him back on his feet and back on the sideline. So he's had other surgeries, other blood clot surgeries. Hopefully, you know, that he can stay on top of it. Yeah, at least get healthy. That's the thing. I, whether you like him, don't, as far as a coach. or he, he was here and then he left, all those things. You certainly do wish the man some, uh, some relief from the health issue. I just saw where he had another surgery. But they said it went well, so hopefully he's able to, you know, get himself up on his feet and get back going again. Okay, listen, I told you earlier in the show that I was going to kind of clue you in on some of this stuff that had been proposed over the last 24 hours in the name, image, and likeness world, and I am going to do that right now. Um, you've got two different ones that you need to know about. Now, now here's why I'm telling you, okay, as a fan of college sports, this impacts you somehow, some way. Um the direction that all of this winds up going, the the name, image, and likeness oversight and who's going to enforce it and all these different things, all of that's going to affect you if you're a fan, whether it's how you watch the games, who plays for your team, um, the kind of stuff you get in the mail, all that kind of stuff. So this is why I'm just kind of keeping you up to date. You had, uh, first of all, a bill called the PASS Act, like P-A-S-S, like throwing a pass in football, the PASS Act, that is a bipartisan bill written and put forward by two different U.S. senators, one a Republican, one a Democrat, Senators Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin. It's called the PASS Act, okay? They introduced it. by The, the, the technical name is the PASS Act of 2023, but they put this forward yesterday. So we're talking about in the last 24 hours. What they are calling it is a year-long effort that they are hoping strikes a balance between protecting the rights of student-athletes and maintaining the integrity of college sports. They are introducing it this summer. It joins other drafts of different but similar legislation out there, some of it bipartisan. I'm going to tell you about another one of those that popped up in the last 24 hours. And... There have been quite a few. I think at the federal level, you've had maybe more than a dozen bills that have been proposed that are supposed to reform college sports. But that's been over the last three years, and nothing really got any traction. And what's happened here lately is with Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA, people feel like he's doing a good job and making some headway, so people are listening. And they put this one forward, and they – kind of have a lack of structure right now as we know and i've hammered that because we do now here's what this bill is hoping the pass act is going to create a national law for nil deals from coast to coast national deal not states but national it would require the schools to provide health coverage for sports related injuries for eight years after the athletes are finished with their college eligibility and it and it stipulates like who is going to cover what based on how much money the athletics department makes. If the athletics department generates $20 million a year, they would cover out-of-pocket costs for two years after the guys get out of school and their playing career is over. If the athletic department generates more than $50 million a year, 
then they would cover four years of out-of-pocket health expenses for guys when they're done playing. So taking care of them after they're playing and they have these issues that pop up, backs and knees, necks and headaches and concussions and that kind of stuff, the right thing to do. Um, this bill by these two centers includes Coach Silverville, also is wanting to have a certification process for agents that are working with college athletes and a public database, public being the key word, everybody can see it, for all kinds of, you know, sort of collated NIL data. They want a uniform contract for athletes to use in NIL deals. And then there's one other stipulation, too, or two other things. This bill would be a federal deal that would make it illegal for individual states to pass the you know their own laws regarding NIO. Okay. And it also would it, it would also prohibit players from transferring from their school within the first three years of their college eligibility unless there's some sort of outstanding, you know, um, situation like a death in a family or something like that. I find it very interesting. It has caught just a little bit of criticism. They say it's too restrictive, but I do know that the Power Five conferences are definitely behind this one. Whether or not it gets passed or not, we'll see. I'll tell you about the others coming up. And one revenue sharing idea that these collectives are putting out there that's interesting also. All that coming up next. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire customer inspired our man beaver introduced us to the idea that coming up on national mustard day skittles is introducing a mustard flavored skittle i i speculated it would just be yellow skittles and he said nope it's actually going to be mustard flavored now an unnamed texter hit me up here and said if they are making pretzel skittles then i'm all in on the mustard flavor (laughs) you can mix them up that's not a bad idea in regards to the little comment i made about you know did Everything you see looks like Colorado at some point going to be headed back to the Big 12 and out of the Pac-12 where they are currently. Jason out in Flagstaff said, uh, I think every school out here east of California is going to end up in the Big 12. He said Arizona particularly to start because every few weeks the last year or so, something about it's all over the local beat writers. And, you know, wouldn't be surprised. And if that happens, Jason, what are you talking about? Really just a – Really, it's almost, you know, with the bolting of UCLA and USC to the Big Ten and everybody else joining up with the Big 12 and and, and form one conference out of what was two is really kind of what it looks like maybe going on, if that indeed is true. Jake from Yazoo, Texas Show, said, congrats on 15 years. Happy anniversary, y'all. Have you jam, jammed some Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, Empire State of Mind yet? <laughs> now... Not that I'm aware of. Now, we've heard a lot of music, but most of it's coming from somebody else's uh, speakers and not ours while we've been here. Okay, and Brad with some suggestions on the country-pleasing text while we are here. 
in NYC. And Brad, I'll tell you, Homecoming Queen sitting next to me right now. She's having her lunch, and uh, she can hear what I'm going to read. Uh, you said, if y'all like Chinese food, try this out while in New York City. Ollie's, Ollie's Sichuan. Chinese food, local, small, crowded, so go during an off time, and good-sized portions. Two people can eat one entree. It's at 411 West 42nd Street, which is really not far from, not too terribly far from where we are. He said it's the best he's ever had. Or something called Wo Hop in Chinatown. That's where the locals go. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate the heads up. We may just give it a whirl at some point while we are up here. It's always good to hear the suggestions. And, you know, the thing about it is um, it, uh, we, we've gotten a lot of suggestions, and we would need a good two weeks, maybe more than that, to hit all of them. And uh, just to be honest with you, it's hard to afford that up here. About the only thing cheap in New York City is marijuana, uh, according to the thing, the the street shops we walk by all the time. All right, um, hit me up. You can text me on the country please and text line that number eight eight five three seven seven six. An easy way to remember it is eight eight five ESPN. So I told you about the Pass Act. That is Tuberville and Mansion. That's Republican and Democrat, bipartisan. Um, by the way, the Power Five conferences, I don't know how they release a joint statement. Maybe they just kind of have a point person who is, you know, a sports information director. They, they type it up, get it approved. I don't know, but that you had a joint statement from all of the Power Five conferences, Big 12, SEC, Big 10, Pac-12, ACC, about the Manchin-Tuberville bill. Here's what it said. The introduction of today's bipartisan name, image, and likeness legislation from Senators Manchin and Tuberville represents another step forward on the pathway to securing the future of college athletics. The recent increase in activity from lawmakers demonstrates the growing consensus that federal NIL legislation is necessary, and now is the time to act. We will continue working with members of Congress from both parties to develop a federal NIL standard in the coming weeks and months. And so that's your statement for the Power Five when that one was put forward. Now, another one comes up in the last 24 hours. I think this one might have actually popped up and been put forward this morning. You have U.S. Senator Chris Murphy. You have Congressman Lori Trahan reintroducing a bill that also would regulate sort of, I guess that's the word, regulate the name, image, and likeness market. They are calling it the College Athlete Economic Freedom Act. They put that one up today. If it passed, it would allow, and this is key, international athletes to come here, earn name, image, and likeness compensation without jeopardizing their visa status. It would also require schools and athletic you know, associations, so you're talking about maybe even conferences, to get a group license from athletes in order to use their name, image, and likeness in any kind of promotion, namely in like media rights deals. So like if you, you know, State and Ole Miss, um, their media rights are with a company called Learfield. They do the radio broadcast. They sell the ads that are on the video boards in the stadiums. Uh, they do a lot of the stuff with merchandise and stuff that goes in stores. Well, you know, the the, the branding and the rights deals and, and all that goes through them. Well, what they're saying is, you had anything promoting anything in the stadium, and if you use a player or a player's likeness or you know a player's jersey, 
that this bill says all of that would have been structured beforehand and would go through a, a group license that all the athletes are a part of. It would require schools and the associations to let the athletes know how their NL, NIL rights were being used and let them know how much revenue those group licensing deals are generating, all those kinds of things. And so it's it, that one's a little bit more niche in what they put forward and going, okay, we want and – and by the way, they're both, you know, Democrats, Chris Murphy from Connecticut and Lori Trahan from Massachusetts, and it's saying, okay, on the athlete side, this bill would make it so that particularly if athletes from overseas come over here, play basketball, whatever it is, that earning compensation in, in the NIL space here would not jeopardize their visa status. So as you can see, I mean – you haven't made just a ton of progress, but things are continuing to be introduced. And I think the more different bills you get introduced, the less likely it is that one emerges quickly. And they're going to have to do it quickly because you have the upcoming you know, presidential cycle that's going to come in. And once that happens, then something like this college name, image, likeness stuff absolutely goes to the back burner. Uh, and everybody kind of knows that. So there's some urgency there to try to act quickly. Last thing before we run out of time, and I'll tell you about this. Find it interesting. Again, it's worth discussing. The Association of Collectives that kind of got together, they gave themselves a name. It's like six or seven different ones. Tennessee was in it. Ole Miss was in it. Their collectives got together. Um it's seven of them, in fact. I said six or seven, but it is seven. They are calling themselves the Collective Association. Um, they have met with and lobbied with the NCAA on different things. And while Congress is continuing to put these bills forward, like the Tub of a One and the other one I told you about, this deal, the Collective Association, is discussing with Congress and with the NCAA a revenue-sharing model. It's interesting. You can read about it. It's out there. And, and it, at first, it may on, on, on site, it might not make a lot of sense to go, why would a collective be interested in pushing a revenue-sharing model? Well, when you read the details, what it really looks like is, you know, they would be fine if, you know, a collective is collecting money that is then worked into the pockets of the athletes in the pay-for-play era here, they would be fine if that money is coming from the revenue that's being made in the sport and not 100% tapping the pockets of the fan base in order to raise that money. So this is a group of collectives that are putting that forward. I'll give you a couple details on it here. You can read about it at On3. told you the Ole Miss's group is a part of it, all that. This would, and this is a part of it, theoretically, relieve some of the pressure on boosters to constantly produce more funds. And that's what you've been doing for the last couple of years. You've been in the NIL era, so everybody's got a collective, and they're all going to the boosters to raise that money. And they're saying, look, we don't, we're not saying this is 100% the answer, but we need to at least discuss this as a possible answer because, uh, you know, you read the quotes from the people that are involved with those collectives. They are saying that, you're getting a little bit of, you know, booster slash donor burnout going on. 
and that you could see it coming, and that's just it's kind of an is what it is thing. But at places around the country, they don't see it as something that's going to be a, you know, that's going to stand up for very long. There's got to be some other options. And I think this, too, probably falls a little bit in line with Mike Oresco, who is the commissioner of the AAC conference, the American Athletic Conference, who at their media days this week uh, gave a quote and a comment that said, well, it indicated he was not too confident in anybody's ability to get something done at a federal to monitor this NIL stuff, and he wasn't even sure they should. He really didn't like the idea of there being some third government entity that's going to oversee NIL. He says, you know, if they would just give us the ability to make our own rules and to enforce our own rules, that's really what we ought to want from an NCAA perspective. Well, that sort of falls in line with what these collectives are going and, and at least raising the, the idea that maybe you ought to look at a revenue-sharing model that doesn't make the athletes employees. All of that's out there. The, probably the best source to read up on it is at On3. Um, so if you're interested, go take a look. Listen, thanks for tuning in here today for another hour. We'll be back to a two-hour normal show next week. Uh, an hour here while we're out this week, an hour tomorrow, too. So same time, same place tomorrow here on The Zone. I'm Matt. The Beaver, all of us here on the show, we'll see you tomorrow.